Hello, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hi, Craig. I was having computer and printer issues, and it turns out that I didn't have any paper in my printer. Ah. Oh, no. I wish I could say I'd never been there. Oh, no. The renowned parapsychologist. Uh, oh, no. She's, she's 64. Uh. Come on. She's 64 years old. Yeah. All right. Mm, let's say it's 1922 in Boston. And um, you've all been invited as you are all experts in your field in order to um, help a uh, real estate broker sell a house in Boston that they have been having some real trouble selling because it's got quite a troubled history. And so you are at a uh, restaurant in Boston where you've all uh, arranged to meet a representative by the name of James Ricketts, who will be meeting you at the restaurant in order to uh, provide you with further instructions and in order to uh, assist you in your investigation of the property. And I suppose it would be uh, a good time right now for you all to introduce yourselves to each other and explain uh, why you've been uh, chosen to investigate this. Uh, Alexander, you're here obviously as a uh, representative of the Society for the Exploration of the Unexplained from Miskatonic yeah. University in Arkham. Yes, sir. And um, how about uh, you, Rob? The amazing Cragen is well known as a debunker of the supernatural hoaxes that are perpetrated in this world. So I was a natural to be called, but I'm always interested in exploring such alleged phenomena. Indeed. Also, Mr. Houdini was not available or too expensive. <laughs> hey, whoa, hey. He was a dollar more a day. But of course, given that uh, Cragen has had a fairly supernatural encounter, he's maybe a little more open-minded now. Oh, no, that we're in a parallel world here now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, none of that has happened. In okay. fact, you, then, can, then, you, yes. can all, you can all keep your full sanity levels and oh. hit points and whatever. I should have, I should have brought that up. <laughs> this is a, this isn't a, this is definite. This is read. This is a total one shot. Okay. So, so you can just have at it. Excellent. And you, madam. I'm Agatha Crane. I'm very well known in my field of parapsychology. Um, if you don't know what that is, most people don't. That is uh, someone who investigates bizarre, difficult to explain phenomena like near-death experiences. Uh, I've had some of those myself and past life memories. I also have a really, really nice car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you do. I have a, uh, what is the, what is the full name of this? It is a, as you can see in the, in, in the, the pictures here, uh, it is a very beautiful Rolls Royce, a silver ghost to be precise. Wow. Wow. It's a nice 19, car, man. From 1921. 
Please. Psychology business is paying pretty good these days. Please do not get fingerprints on the upholstery. I wouldn't dream of it, ma'am. Well, as you're all sitting there getting acquainted over uh, cups of tea, um, you hear uh, just a, a, a banging and clanking and grating noise from outside in the street. And uh, you see a rather uh, dilapidated vehicle start to pull up. Um, it's a uh, how can I explain this one to you? It is a, uh, a 1914 Haynes Turing model oh. that has definitely seen better days. And there's, you know, there's steam pouring out of the front. And it pulls and grinds to a screeching halt in front of the restaurant and a, um, a rather heavy set gentleman in his late 40s, wearing a fedora, steps out, and a rather, he's wearing a rather cheap, well-worn tweed suit. And uh, he sees you in the window, and he waves to you, and he makes his way into the restaurant. Is this our guy? And uh, he immediately comes over to your table, and um, grabs Cragen by his hand and starts shaking it. Uh, like, oh, the amazing Cragen. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to I meet you. Most pleased to make your acquaintance, sir. And uh, he, and yep. Is this the person we're here to meet, or do we have a name? Yep. Yep. Then he uh, takes off his he takes off his hat. He doffs his hat towards uh, Miss Crane and uh, says, Miss Crane, Miss Crane, uh, pleasure to make your acquaintance. My name is James Ricketts. You, you may call me, call me Jimmy. Everyone calls me Jimmy. Um, I'm acting here on behalf of, here on behalf of uh, Mr. Knott, the, the realtor broker, about the house. Of course. And who's this fine young gentleman? You must be, uh, you must be the the one from Miskatonic. Yes, sir, uh, Mister. Um, my name is Alexander Kilgore, and uh, Alexander has, um, as as soon as he approached the table, he stood up to sh to shake his hand. Like, okay. he's very very polite. Oh, please call me call me Jimmy. Can I call you Alex? Or is yeah, sure. You can call me Alex. Okay. Okay. Have a seat, Jimmy. Please. Okay. Well, he. He's, he sits down, okay? And then um, he uh, tells you that um, Edward Knott, the broker, wants you all to examine an old house in central Boston that's known as the Corbett House. And the former tenants, who were uh, an Italian immigrant family called the Macarillos, were involved in a tragedy and that uh, not wants to understand the mysterious happenings in the house and try to set matters straight and dispel any rumors that the house is haunted. Hmm. They've been trying to rent the house out since the uh, tragedy with the Italians. 
and uh, they've just had no luck whatsoever because people are just, just superstitious hokum attached to it. And um, then uh, Jimmy Ricketts' eyes light up and he goes, you know, and, uh, Mr. Knott has uh, made you all, uh, made all of us a very generous offer of a hundred dollars and he's given twenty-five dollars in advance and then he's offering us a per diem of three dollars a day. So that's pretty nice money. Yeah, say so. Quite generous. So and much, um if you don't mind me asking uh, how much is the property worth? Is it it's it's not just a tenement building I take it. Well, it's pretty run down at this point in time, as you can imagine, because nobody's lived there since the Italians. And how long ago was this? This was just a couple of years back. So it's been, it's been uh, lying pretty dormant for two years, which is not good. Not good, because it's pretty much in downtown Boston. Used to be a, used to be a nice neighborhood. Pretty run down now, but it's on the up and up. We got more people coming here. Boston's starting to boom. Looks like the 1920s are just going to be real good for everyone here. Yeah, absolutely nothing will, bad will happen for the next 10 years at least. So, uh, so we got the keys. And um, he... Uh, Puts the $25 advance, which he then takes $5 off and keeps to himself, but leaves the other 20 on the table for you to uh, distribute amongst yourselves as you wish. It's in, it's in $5 bills. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I have to be honest. I'm, I'm kind of in a weird spot. Like, God damn it! How do we split this evenly between yes. the three of us? It's Im- well. Let us spend the two last next two hours discussing how to split this up. <laughs> uh, oh, I have it. Um, let's let's use this. You, let's use this down payment to pay for our meal, and then we'll 20, split up the remainder. It's nineteen twenty-two, man. Yeah. It, okay, now yeah. we have nineteen dollars to split it three. Yeah, what are you gonna do with the other nineteen fifty? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just we just keep splitting until okay. there's the. There like, you go. Yeah. Okay. We'll. Uh, I'm I'm mostly in it for the curiosity. I'm not too worried. If somebody wants to hang on to the extra five for the time being, I will. Uh, I will keep it in my pocketbook, and we will discuss it later. Wonderful. Okay. That sounds good. One moment, please. Keep going. It takes a minute to open the pocketbook, I see. An elaborate system of clasps and ties. It's one of those new chrome pocketbooks. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, shall we proceed? What time of day is this? Uh, this is about... Uh... Four o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. Hmm. So right. we 
proceed to uh, the uh, Mr. Knott's uh, dwelling or his his house? Oh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Says says Jimmy, and he's like, I, I don't think, with with all due respect, Mister Mister uh, Amazing, you may call Craigan, Mister Craigan. Yes. My client, my client is offering us three dollars a day here, and you know, I don't know about you, but that's a nice little. This could be a nice little learner for us. And plus, I don't want to. I don't know about you again, but I know you don't believe in this stuff. But I don't want to run into some haunted, spooky house. Hmm. Oh, some preliminary Unprepared. research. What you have in mind then? That's what I'm thinking. Spend a day or two researching the place. I mean, a lot of stuff has happened there. We could check at the Globe, check the newspapers. We could check with the cops. The place is a long history. We could. I think it's worth checking out. Hmm. And making a few bucks along the way. Mr. Ricketts makes a compelling case. What do you two think? Should we uh, hit the books, as they say? Yeah. I would agree. Well, we're all welcome to pile into my car. Oh, well, I, I would prefer to take mine. OK. So I guess we're all piling into the silver ghost then. Uh -huh. And I will drive. Where should uh, we start? Uh, how late is the newspaper office open? Uh, their archives, as Mr. Rickards has suggested, might be quite useful. Well, they'd be open now. I think they're going to be open until about 6. So we start there then. Okay. That's what you want to do? Mm -hmm. yep. Do you know yep. the way, Mr. Ricketts, to the globe? Absolutely. And so um, you uh, all hop in the Silver Ghost and you uh, drive off towards the offices of the Boston Globe newspaper. With my 20 drive auto skill, thank you very much. You don't need, you don't need to do a auto skill when you're just driving. Do some it's stunts, just, though. It's just I if you want to do some stunts, then, then you got to do your driving skill. You could, if you wanted to do a stunt, uh, roll your 20 driving skill and, <laughs> it and, just, and just total your 1920 Rolls Royce Silver Ghost. I can I'm see no reason not to. <laughs> I can see Please no reason continue. not to either. Please continue. Okay. So um, you all arrive. You all arrive at the uh, offices of the of the Boston Globe, and you head inside the building. And the building's uh, it, it's pretty quiet. It seems uh, it seems uh, most of the staff have have either left for the the evening or are out on assignment. And um, there's a office to the back where you can hear a typewriter clang in a way, and uh, there's a nameplate on the door, and it's uh, Arthur Wilma, editor. Hmm. Uh, is there yeah. a secretary, anybody, any gatekeeper we would need to go through? No, it doesn't seem to be anybody else in the office. As I said, most people seem to be gone for the day. Okay. Uh, shall we uh, inquire with the editor? 
Um, I think so, yeah. Okay. Yes. I will uh, tap on his door. It's closed, you said? Yep. Okay. Pick locks. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'll knock politely. Beat it! I'm working here! <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mr. Was it Wilcott? Wilmot. Mr. Wilmot, uh, might I have a moment of your time, sir? Can't you hear I'm typing here? Now, abstract. Uh. Let me try. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna suggest you uh, that you either try a um, uh, try a charm or a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a charm. Uh, I'm gonna do a little charm. Uh, Mr. Wilmot, I am uh, Robert Wilcox, further known as the Amazing Cragen. I was hoping to chat with you for just the merest of moments, though I know you're a, a busy man. So I'm hoping my name dropping plus charm. That's so fantastic, I... but uh, you need to roll that charm. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know. Uh, well, no, uh, I, I'm just gonna leave it at Amazing Cragen, and he's gonna talk to me. <laughs> uh, 2d10. Charm, surly edit. Whoops, editor. You have a charm of fifty-five. Correct. Thirty-four. Cool. All right. The typing immediately stops when you say your name, <laughs> and then uh, it's like that frosted glass, mm -hmm. and you can see the the silhouette of. Uh, Artie Wilmot get to his feet. You can see him uh, slicking back his hair and checking his uh, checking his shirt, his tie. And uh, Mr. Wilmot and I to used to have a thing. And he swings the door open, and he's like, oh, "It is you. It is oh, I, Mr. Please Craig. make your acquaintance, sir. Oh, how." How amazing to meet you! <laughs> and madam, it's Agatha Crane. Are you are you are you Agatha Crane? Yes, the Agatha Crane. Oh my my goodness, my goodness! What? Well, well, do come in. Do come in. Come into my office. This is a noted researcher from Miskatonic University, Alexander. Yeah, Kilgore. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Come on, the kid can come in. <laughs> I get it. Okay. I wouldn't well, be excited about me either. Yeah. What can I? What can I do for you, fine folks? Well, sir, we are in the midst of an investigation of alleged paranormal activity. Uh, you can see why Ms. Crane and I, Mrs. Crane. How do we do this? Ms. Ms. Crane. Ms. Crane and I are, uh, of course, interested in such topics. And we were wondering if we could consult with you and possibly uh, look into your archives for a few moments as part of our background research on the topic. Well, normally, normally the morgue is closed to the public. The, the morgue's what we call the Clippins room downstairs. Oh, of course, I see. How interesting. But uh, I'm sure you newspapermen have many uh, pieces of unique slang like that. Most charming indeed. But uh, I think uh, for uh, for uh, a lady and gentleman of, of 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 your caliber, we can we can we can certainly make an exception. And he um he um picks up the the phone from his desk. 
And he goes quiet for a moment, and then he says, Hey, Ruthie, we got some people coming down for you. You show them around, give them whatever they want, okay? Okay. Yeah, I know it's almost six, but you're going to want to meet these people. Trust me. He hangs up the phone. Oh, he takes you to the door of his office and he points to a stairwell. And he said, just head down that stairwell. And Miss Blake, she's our records keeper. She'll show you all our clippings. Just tell her what you're looking for. Before we go to Ms. Ms. Blake, uh, could we trouble you? A couple of years back, there was an incident. Uh, Mr. Ricketts, can you, Ricketts, can you recount uh, the uh, names of the uh, unfortunate Italian family and the, the house involved in the incident? Uh, I, don't. If, I don't remember. They were, just, they were t- Italians. You know, they were immigrants. I don't know. Uh, that was the... A guy who went crazy. And the Corbett House. Ah, the Corbett House is the name of it. Do you recall any such incident, uh, sir? And uh, to the editor. Yeah, and uh, Archie just he he's clearly trying to think, and then he just shakes his head and he says, "No, doesn't ring a bell." But I'm the main editor. I, you've got to realize I see hundreds of stories a week. Of the big picture is your domain. Yeah, so, but if it happened in Boston, it's going to be downstairs. Excellent. We're most appreciative of your consideration, sir. Thank you, my good man. Uh, you, you, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't, um, um, do a, do a, do a, do a trick for me, mister. Oh, but of course. Uh, oh, oh, alas, I don't have my materials with me. Um, and I kind of pat around like I'm looking for something, yeah. and then my offhand out comes the infinite handkerchief. <gasps> yeah, we had to work that in there. <laughs> then the flash powder, bam! No. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> he's clearly, clearly, clearly delighted. Okay, um, and actually, uh, this Boston is my home base, right? Yes. Can I give him a ticket to my upcoming show whenever that may sure. be? Okay. Sure. I hope to see you there. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Pleasure okay. to meet you, sir. You as well. And madam. Okay, and so you um, you head down some steps, and um, you meet uh, Ruth Blake. And she's the records keeper. And she brings you into a dusty basement. It's just filled with filing cabinets and stacked high with old newspapers. and. Other junk. The whole room smells really musty. The boiler system in the corner is just giving out a, a ton of heat. So, um, all right. So, uh, you, uh, you tell, uh, you ask Miss Blake, I assume, about the, um, the Corbett house. And the approximate date we have from, I hope, Mr. Ricketts. Okay. And uh, she says, oh, just, just give me a moment. And she goes off and she starts digging through some of the uh, into the filing cabinets. 
Now's when the flash powder comes out with all these dry old newspapers. <laughs> it's taking her some time. Yeah. <laughs> she comes back and um, says, oh, my goodness, we have, we have quite a few things on this house. And um, she hands you this first one. Oh, crap. Okay. Which is an article from Wednesday, October 22nd, 1919. Oh. From the Boston Globe. And the headline is, Bloody Man is Committed. That looks an awful lot like Harry Houdini to me. <laughs> Residents of the North End were startled when a man covered with blood rushed out of his home and down the street Monday, screaming obscenities and babbling about burning eyes. Police identified the man as Vittorio Macario, a resident at 31 Chatham Street, who had a serious accident in his It is uncertain what exactly happened to Mr. Macario, but police speculate he fell down a flight of steps or perhaps even out a closed window. Macario reportedly ran down the street screaming after his initial accident, swinging his fists at anyone he passed. He also tried to bite several people and then got a knife from a nearby butcher shop. He was soon subdued and arrested by police who could not make out what he was trying to say. Mr. Macario was institutionalized Tuesday at Roxbury Sanitarium. No charges are presently being issued against him. Mr. Macario has lived on Chatham Street with his wife, Gabriella, since September of 1918. They have two sons. Hmm. I wonder what happened to Gabriella and the sons. Yeah. I also kind of wonder if uh, Mr. V uh, Mr. Macario is uh, available for interview. Oh, well. Thursday, was... May 6th, 1920. Wife of madman committed. Well, the answer's that, oh. huh? <laughs> In a bizarre repeat of last fall's madman who terrorizing the streets of the North End, a woman has been institutionalized. Gabriella Macario was recently committed at Roxbury Sanitarium after she was found huddled on the front steps of her house at 31 Chatham Street, babbling about a haunting form with burning eyes. Mrs. Macario spoke little, but reportedly claimed that something was in the house with her family. She told police of someone or something trying to get into the windows of her home and blood appearing from nowhere in various parts of the house. She also told police that she feared a certain bedroom on the second floor. Last October, Vittorio Macario, husband of Gabriella, burst from his house covered with blood. The madman rushed out into the street, screaming about burning eyes and death. He evaded police for some time and even got a knife from a butcher shop. He was finally subdued by police and committed to Roxbury Sanitarium soon after. The couple's two children, Ignacio and Roberto, are with family in Baltimore. And Miss Blake says, and there's still more. <laughs> Let me just try and dig through here. My goodness, this house seems to have had a terrible effect on the family. 
in your parapsychological research, have you ever encountered such a story? Um, I have encountered stories of hauntings, but none that mention the burning eyes. <laughs> That's a new one. And Miss Blake hands you um, this one, and she says, wow. "This story didn't run, but definitely mentions the same house." And this one says, uh, "What haunts the house on Chatham Street? Monday, October twenty-eighth, nineteen eighteen. Something sinister seems to haunt a local Boston house. Whatever it is, has destroyed three families in the last forty years." The two-story house at 31 Chatham Street has been the site of fear, madness, death, and possibly murder since before the turn of the century. In 1880, a family of French immigrants by the name of Le Deux rented the property and moved in. What horrors happened to these people that year will never be known, save that a series of violent attacks of some kind left both parents dead and their three children crippled for life. The house stood vacant for almost 20 years, but in 1909, another family moved in. From the time they moved into the house, Mr. and Mrs. Jones fell prey to illness and sickness, almost as if the house itself were conspiring against them. Their children did not fare much better, though. All of them lived in the house for several years. The terror reached ahead when in 1914, the oldest of the Jones children went mad and killed himself with a kitchen knife. The Jones family moved out after that, heartbroken at their loss. A third family rented the house in 1917, but left after, the lo after less than a month, when all of them became ill at the same time. Is the house haunted? Perhaps there is something wrong with the water, or some disease still lingers there from when it was built. In any case, anyone who dares live there now had better be brave and strong, or they take their lives into their own hands. And there's an editor's note in the upper right that says, do not print. The editor says we will end up with a damn lawsuit on our hands. Copy editor. Hmm. Hmm. What is the uh, JR, Ms. Blake? Is that a reporter, past or present of this paper? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we go through a lot of reporters. Mm -hmm. Do you recall this particular one? No, sorry. Must be Jemuel Aronson. I just made that up. Uh, hmm. And uh, that is the extent of it. This is uh, most uh, quite a find. I would have thought we would have more, but uh, this is all we could do. I mean, if you need more, you could check the library. Hmm. The library has a lot of clippings that we've moved on. Hmm. Well, you've been most helpful. I thank you. Thank you. Sure, yeah. anytime. Do you think we've had? Uh, do you think we have enough to go on, or shall we check the books and clippings in the library? In the library. Yes, might be worth a look. I, I agree. Um, if anything, just so that we can uh, say that this day was devoted to research, and uh, tomorrow we can uh, tackle the house itself uh, ref refreshed. I think that is an excellent plan. Shall we? Shall we pile back into my silver ghost? And head to the library. Okay. Yes. Now, uh, ma'am, would you would you would you like me to drop that for you, uh, just so that you can relax in the back? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I just. I I thank you for your offer. offer. I thank you for your offer, but she's she's a very delicate. Uh, she needs a she needs a a firm hand. 
Well, ma'am, it, uh, as, as you say, <laughs> let, let, let me just, uh, let me, let me just, uh, let me just put up a picture of, uh, Boston Globe newsroom from the 1920s. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> okay, so um, it gets uh, it's going to be about at 6:30 when you pull up at the uh, Boston Central Library, and um, the library is open until eight. So you do have you do have some you do have some time to look around. So you uh, you head inside. And um, you're pointed towards the uh, the clippings and um, local materials sections by a librarian. And um, so I'm going to have you, uh, you folks roll a library use. If you want to all go ahead. Go for it. Okay, I'm just taking a quick. Sure. All right. Oh, when do you check off skills when you succeed or when you yeah, fail? Yeah, you don't. You're not going to need to do okay, this. We're not gonna, okay. No, because you're, you're not going to survive. All right. <laughs> I mean, it it doesn't. <laughs> I do have a I do have a an actual kind of game in sequence for you guys. So I'd rather we didn't interfere with your characters. Right. Okay. So that's um, a twenty-three. Yeah, and library use is a 40, so I succeed. I okay, fail handily. Okay. That's 2d10, yes? Yep. And we read it backwards. 48. 48. I have 55. Nice. Okay. I have two successes. So, um, Alexander um, managed his manages to find... Um, Another clipping hmm. from 1835, Monday, December the 18th. Weber House sold. Andrew Weber sold his fine house on Chatham Street to Walter Corbett, Esquire, after hmm. falling ill. Mr. Weber did not think he would be able to keep the house up with his failing health. It is thought a shame that Mr. Weber will not be able to live in the house he completed only this past spring, but it is hoped Mr. Corbett will be a fine addition to the neighborhood. Sure, he will. It seems that uh, this was a this was a new house, and um, I don't think Mr. Weber had any problems there. So, and um, things happened after Mr. Corbett. Hmm. Uh, and um, Agatha, you found you found this Tuesday, May eighteenth, eighteen fifty-two. Lawsuit issued. A lawsuit against Walter Corbett was levied in court yesterday. Neighbors of Mr. Corbett are petitioning to force him to leave the area in consequence of his serious habits and unauspicious demeanor. Hmm. Mr. Corbett had no statement in response to the lawsuit. He lives at 31 Chatham Street. Well, it seems that Mr. Corbett was not well liked by the neighbors. Hmm. Serious, serious. <laughs> yeah, is that even a word? Calm. I'm trying to recall as a player, um, and maybe Alex is trying to recall as well. Uh, what's the name of our benefactor again? The uh, the person who is hired. Uh, Mr. Not. Mr. Not. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And um, was the Corbett name mentioned earlier? Um, it was the, the, the name of the house was known locally oh, okay. as the Corbett House. Yes, it's known as the Corbett House. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So um, the the amazing Cragen managed to uh, recover something too, but he snapped his fingers in a fighting cap. Gave himself <laughs> gave himself a nasty paper cut, dealing him one hit point of damage. Whoa! <laughs> but he did. He did manage to. He did manage to dig up something from 1866, Thursday, ah. June 21st. The obituary of Walter M. Corbett, 1789 to 1866. What is Walter Corbett, he looks like a delightful man. Walter Corbett departed this life September 4th, 1866, in his home at 31 Chatham Street. Born January 14th, 1789 in Boston, he lived much of his life in the house and was a lawyer. He leaves behind no living relatives. No funeral services are planned for Mr. Corbett, and he has requested to be interred on his property. What is the strange symbol that Mr. Corbett is on his robe? Hmm, it looks familiar. Would a would a would a knowledge of the occult help with uh, identifying that symbol? I'm, I would hope so. It's worth, yeah, it's worth a shot. Okay. Who has the best knowledge? Oh, we, well, we could all do it, but... Uh, I've got a 35. I have a 50. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, okay, so right. I have a 50 in that, and I... 12 is like... I, I think it's like my one-fifth. Uh -huh. Oh. Okay. So, um... So we can definitely Jimmy, roll it out with anything. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Ricketts, Jimmy Ricketts comes over, and uh, he says, "What? What's this he's looking at?" And so you um, you show him the uh, the picture of Corbett, and you ask him about the symbol, and um, Ricketts goes, "Oh, yeah, this is uh, he must have been one of them church of chapel." Uh, Contemplation guys. Chapel those of contemplation. Yeah, those were some real kooks. Hmm. Uh, what? What, what was that? Uh, that was, was a church over, over in. Uh, it's actually it's near the near the Corbett house. Burned down a long time ago. The police raided that. It was a it was a bad scene. Bad scene. Hmm. What did they find there when the when the police raided it? Uh, I don't know. They kept pretty quiet about. It. There was rumors about dead kids and just uh, just oh. devil worshiping. Well, oh. you know, hmm. just uh, <laughs> real real kooky stuff. Seems like Mr. Corbett may have been a poor neighbor indeed. Mm -hmm. I think that place that place is just a ruin now. I don't know. The police kept pretty quiet about it. We could always ask them. It's been long enough now. They might talk. I don't know. How long ago was it burned, did you say? 
Oh, Rob. <laughs> Ish. Long time back. Hmm. One wonders if the police would even remember the event. But okay. it might be worth a worth a in inquiry. What do you think? I'm I'm inclined to uh, perhaps the, the the presence of a lady will uh, loosen some tongues at the police station. Even if even if they do not remember, I'm sure it is a story that has been passed down. All right. It seems uh, it seems the stuff of legend. Should we visit the local precinct house, or is it too late in the day to do that now? Well, it's never too late to visit the precinct house. Yeah, it's but... now about. It's getting to be. It's getting to be about uh, eight thirty at night here. So, oh. so no, but so. But you want to head over to the. You want to head over to the precinct. I can check. You can always come back tomorrow if need be. All right. We'll see if anybody is there who can assist us. Okay. All right. Hopefully, it's right across the street. Convenient. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, the precinct house was right by the Boston Public Library. Hmm. In nineteen twenty-two, definitely. Well, it's lovely. <laughs> All right. So you um you approach the uh you approach the central police station, and there's uh there's a desk sergeant at his desk, obviously, <laughs> and, and uh, he kind of looks. Initially, he looks kind of warily at Alexander, but then um, <laughs> he's, uh, he sees um, he sees how um, Cragen and Agatha are attired, and uh, you know you're clearly um, uptown people. So decent, uh, decent people. So. Um, he, uh, I'm dressed okay, and uh, so he gives you he gives you guys a kind of a smile. And uh, what can I do for you folks this fine fine evening? Well, good evening, my good man. We are inquiring if uh, there is anyone who has knowledge of a historical event. Um, you're going to have to refresh me on what this cult was called. The Chapel of Contemplation. Oh yes. Um, concerning the Chapel of Contemplation, would there be anybody who would uh, have knowledge of uh, that burning down? We heard that it burned some years mm. back. He seems to stiffen at that, and uh, he says, uh, "Why would uh, why would folks like you be interested in something like that?" For historical research, we are examining and uh, studying strange incidents and um, cultist groups in the New England area. Okay, I'm going to have you. Um, I'm going to have <laughs> Agatha. Can you just ro do a charm roll for me here? Oh yeah, because I'm great. I've only got a 45 charm. That's going to be lovely. Um, well, do you have? Um... What's what's your fast talk? Oh, fast talk is. Um, I don't have any. 
Okay. So let's just do charm. I'll I'll just risk it. If not, maybe uh, amazing Kragen will have to use his wondrous powers of. Oops, sorry. Screwed that up. Fourteen. Yeah, that's very good. good. Nice. That's very good. So, um, so the um, the desk sergeant, whose uh, um, badge identifies him as a as a uh, officer of Shocknessy, um, <laughs> says, "Give me a few minutes. Why don't you folks have a seat, and let me take a look back in our records, and I'll see what I can." And so he goes off and disappears for a few minutes, and then he comes back, and um, he's got some papers with him. And, you know, you sure you folks want to read this? It's real nasty stuff. Good. Apparently, since I've been pegged as a low life, I love. I'd love to read it. <laughs> okay. Um, stomach for such things, though. I okay, believe it's so, crucial to our researches. He hands you, he hands you uh, a police report. Oh boy, am I going to be able to read this? Oh, okay, I'll it. read this. I have to read this. I Incident. can take it if you like. Nope. Incident. Police raid. Or if you want to read it, go ahead. Okay. A case number K. Or wow, my goodness. Okay. Well, I'm going to need to make a bigger one thing. All right. There we go. <laughs> <clears throat> Let me hold it just a little bit closer. Case number uh, XK387-R, incident of police raid, reporting officer to Detective James Barrister. Did report May 15, 1912. Based on the sworn affidavits of witnesses outlined in case file SR-71, I, along with my partner Grant Heslov, officers Phelps, Dunn, and Lopez, were ordered by Commissioner Turgeson Enter the chapel of contemplation and terminate all members with extreme prejudice. Mm -hmm. We arrived at 2330 hours under cover of moonlight and took a defensive position behind our vehicle. Dr. Heslov called for the congregation on the bullhorn, ordering them to release the children and surrender. Before he could finish speaking, I heard a gunshot and realized Detective Heslov had been shot in the throat. Call for backup, but he was already dead. I ordered Dunn and Lopez to flank the building to the right as I and Officer Phelps provided covering fire. Our superior firepower effectively suppressed the congregation inside. We were able to push forward in standard two-by-two two cover formation. Upon reaching the chapel doors, I ordered Phelps to cover me while I entered and cleared the main room. Dunn and Lopez entered through the rear simultaneously. As we, as we entered, I heard Phelps vomiting behind me. Pointed to the ground... I saw the bodies of all eight children blindfolded and with rifles bound to their hands. It was at this point that Officer Phelps put his firearm in his mouth and pulled the trigger. I again called for backup. We heard sounds coming from the basement below, so the remaining officers and myself descended the stairs. We observed a total of 54 men, cloaked in black robes, chanting in a foreign language and holding what appeared to be chalices of wine circled around a table. Lopez indicated to me that the language was Latin. 
Among the cloaked men, we recognize several people, most notably Daniel Ellsworth of the city council, the owner of the local cigar stand, and Greg Rucka, the head of the Man of War bullshit. Officer Dunn then screamed and began firing his firearm wildly into the crowd. He was crying and pointing at a young boy strapped to the table in the center of the room. His wrists, throat, and ankle were cut, and blood was draining into more chalices on another table underneath. Hmm. Officer Lopez fainted, and Dunn charged into the group of men. Quickly took a lantern from the wall and broke it on the stone floor, sending the entire chapel up in flames. I escaped the chapel back as backup arrived, but could not find officers Dunn or Lopez in the ensuing, ensuing chaos. <laughs> Did I read that correctly? That point of the ground and sight saw the bodies of all eight children blindfolded and with right, rifles bound to their hands. Bodies of, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Goodness. Well, clearly there was some extremely evil black mass going on. Hmm. 54 men. Hmm. Well, that is food for thought indeed. Wait a minute, the head of the man of war bullshit? Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't either. Officer O'Shaughnessy is just shaking his head. He's like, told you. Told you you didn't want to read that. Hmm, I almost wish I had. But oh, and look bad, at the murder weapon. Place. The eye and the handle seems... Uh, also familiar from some of my prior readings, but I cannot place it. Alexander, have you seen such a thing in your travels? Uh, I don't know. Let's let me take a closer look at it. Hmm. <laughs> Got 26 on a 60 for a cult. Uh, do, am I able to identify anything regarding the knife and its connection to the occult? Um, you, uh, recognize it as, um, a, um, sacrificial dagger used in certain ceremonies of, um, cults worshipping, um, a figure known as the, the Dark Man, hmm. which, you know, you've heard rumors of, but, um, there's no further details on what this dark man could be. Sar Sergeant O'Shaughnessy, does this detective barrister still serve with the force? No. Everybody involved with that just drank themselves into retirement. Most understandable, I fear. They didn't go loopy first. You know, I'm surprised they just the place burned down, but they still leave it standing. I wish they'd just tear that damn thing down. What place would that be? The that temple? Damn chapel at contemplation. Oh, it's still there. Well, we should maybe in the morning. Well, perhaps we should wait until midnight. <laughs> <laughs> or you have a macabre sense of humor. 
Okay, it's uh, about uh, right now. It's about it's getting to be about ten fifteen, ten thirty mm. at night. Perhaps we should adjourn for the night, meet up in the morning, and proceed with our investigations at the Chapel of Contemplation. Yes, okay. and I would also be curious to know of these fifty-four men with the, with the several people who were recognized. Um, if uh, any of them survived, because surely their involvement in this would have placed them in jail. <laughs> so you go outside and Jimmy Ricketts, Jimmy Ricketts is there. And um, so you all, he agrees to, uh, he knows where the Chapel of Contemplation is. He tells you it's, it's right near the same neighborhood as the Corbett house. So you're going there anyway. And uh says I don't know about don't know about you, but I'd rather go check that place out in daylight. I quite agree. All right, well I think we we made a nice three dollars tonight, eh? Yeah. Hey, indeed, sir. <laughs> okay, so you all head off to your various guest houses or whatever. And um, I live here, man. Oh yeah, you live here. <laughs> so um I think Agatha does too, doesn't she? I can't remember. So um, you all uh, awake and uh, reconvene the next morning and um, get in the car and uh, you start traveling through various neighborhoods in downtown Boston. Uh, and let me get. I have some. I have some images of. I have some images of, of Boston in the day. Uh, mm. So you start making your way around, and things start getting a bit more residential and quieter. But then things start to. Things start to, you know, look a bit run down hmm. where huh. you're going around. And then uh, you eventually, uh, Ricketts points at, a, points at a building and Agatha stops the car. And uh, you're standing in, you're standing in front of the, the ruins of an old church. And um, what's left of it stands at the end of the really crooked, dingy street. And the ruins are so weathered and overgrown with greenery that the gray stone rubble seems more like natural stone than from former walls and foundations. You pass a slumping wall bearing white painted symbols, apparently fairly freshly daubed. And it appears to be three Ys arranged in a triangle so that the uh, top elements of both Ys touch the other two Ys. And in the center, there's painted a large staring eye. And we do have an image of this symbol to show you. Hmm. Just some gibberish. Or perhaps another symbol related to the dark man. 
You do notice as as you examine the the symbol that um, you begin to feel like a tingling sensation in your foreheads. You know, almost like a almost like a very mild headache. <laughs> and then when you when you stop looking at it, it it just immediately stops. Hmm. Did anybody else notice the 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 slight a slight headache? Hmm, just the weather, I should think. There's a um, there's a um, there's a, a large piece of um, just of corrugated iron sheeting that covers over the uh, the entrance to the what's left of the chapel of contemplation. Hmm. Do you think it would? I'm not quite sure this would be safe to enter. Well, it's approximately um, nine thirty in the morning. No, I mean, since it is such a blackened ruin, is the is the structure stable? Hmm. Yes, it looks well. It stood for all these years since then. All right. You burned down in nineteen twelve, so it's been there for about nine, ten years. All right. I guess it's all right then. Hmm. Alexander, okay. go to check it out. <laughs> Uh, shall we okay. venture uh, inside? Mr. Craig, and will you lead the way, please? Okay, so Craig and um, push, pushes aside the uh, corrugated iron, and um, you enter the remains of the Chapel of Contemplation. And it's just... just Blocks of granite. It's just old, half-burned timbers everywhere, and just ancient, just rubbish and refuse. So, um, plant life, which is starting to reclaim the building. Uh, I look around for a basement stairs. That appears to be where things happened. Okay. The police report. Okay. As you're um, as you're walk, as you're all walking along. Um, you become aware that the uh, the floorboards are extremely weak. Mm. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask all of you to uh, make luck rolls. Okay. And I can never remember. Uh, does luck work a differently, or do I want to roll under my luck? No, nope, works the same as everything else. Okay, so if my luck is 50, then a 49 is good? Yes, it is. All right, I have good luck. Sanity luck, shit, I missed mine. I just took, though. I don't think you've got, I don't think you've got luck on yours there. Uh, Let's just say your luck is 55. Okay, well, I'm 14, so I think I'm doing good. Okay, you're fine. I'm sorry, Cragen? I have missed it by by the scantest of margins. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, the um, there's suddenly just a very loud crackling, and the floor beneath Cragen just falls away. Uh, oh! I ask Cragen to attempt a jump roll here. Like to jump away, or to land? Okay. Uh, yes, I will try to jump away to more secure ground before. Ah, oh, crap. You sure I couldn't try to charm the floor a little bit? Okay. 
I don't think it works like that. Crisscross will make you jump, jump. <laughs> 17, holy shit. I made Dang. it. Dang. <laughs> nice uh, okay. Invoking the power of crisscross has served me well once again. Kragen manages to to just to jump in the air as the uh, as the floor as the floor collapses and he, and he falls back towards the uh, gaping hole in the floor that leads into the basement below. You manage to uh, grab the edge of the remaining floorboards and pull yourself back to safety. <clears throat> and you um, um, you find yourselves. Uh, Standing around uh, quite a large hole that looks down into um, what appears to be the uh, large basement of the chapel. Hmm. Uh... It looks like it was originally reached by a separate staircase, but um, the stairs are clearly buried under tons of rubble. And... Um, Does anyone have a flashlight? Do flashlights exist yet? We're really not yes. clear on that. Well, flashlights do exist. Yeah. They're and expensive, but they exist. Okay. So you um, you use your flashlight? Yeah, I do. And, uh, and you shine it around into the uh, the murky darkness. And in the room, you can see that there's, um, in one corner, there's like a, a rusted cabinet. And... Um, there appear to be uh, two skeletons in tattered silk robes in there, mm. but the rest of the rest of the the room is is just full of uh, debris and rubble and burned timbers, and it's about it's about a ten foot drop down into there. Oof. Is it worth trying to get down there for a closer look? Uh, is anybody in possession of some rope that we could lower you down with? Uh, Alexander would like to instead try to find some stairs down. Oh, the stairs, as I indicated earlier, oh. the staircase has been just destroyed by falling rope. Yeah, all right. Well, I do, I do not have any possessions listed in my... <laughs> We can assume you have 100 feet of rope, then. Fair <laughs> enough. I had some rope in the car. Hmm. Or does you Mr. Can... Ricketts have some rope in his in his vehicle? No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> if only, if only we had a, if only we had a an an infinite amount of rope. Hmm. <laughs> the handkerchief. Well, now, did my endless handkerchief's not going to be strong enough to climb down on if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> How heavy do you think this is? Come on, magic man. You're the closest uh, thing that we've got to a party okay. wizard. Uh, you could try. We could try a look roll and see if your infinite handkerchief might be strong enough. Okay. Somehow Maybe some of my tricks, for some reason, rely on that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You know what? Alexander is a hale young man. I think he could he could probably take a ten foot drop. Yes, right? but how, do you get how are you trying to get back out? Okay, Alexander did not think that far ahead. <laughs> I'm glad Alexander didn't jump. <laughs> or you could still you could still uh, drop your you could still probably lower yourself in and look around and while they figure out a way to get you out. Mm. <laughs> 
probably better to know that we've got a way out. Uh, <laughs> eh, uh, got like a ladder or something? Like, what's the what's the answer here? Hmm. I will. We could run to a hardware store, I suppose, and pick up some uh, rope or chain. That would take so long. A ladder. Are there actually? Are there any like? Uh, are there any like? Um, like timbers or anything like that, that that have that have fallen from the disrepair of this place? Oh, why you make, why'd you make a luck roll? A luck roll? Yeah. Okay. What about the spot hidden? To find another way into the basement. All right. There. I got a twenty-eight, and my luck is fifty. Yeah. Okay. Um. You find um, you find a piece of timber that's not completely charred through. That looks like it might be strong enough, and it's about maybe like twelve feet long. Ah, oh, perfect. Okay, and, so uh, they look sturdy enough. Alexander says, uh, "Mr. Craig, and uh, would you mind giving me a hand, or uh, Mr. Ricketts as well?" Of course. Okay. It's not that heavy. The two of you okay. could easily carry. Great. We do so. So yeah, All right. and then we. Uh, set it down into the hole and angle it such that uh, you can kind of climb down the timber uh, without, you know, knocking it over. Uh, Alexander kind of looks at the rest of the group and, and says, maybe I should, maybe we should just go down, like just send one person down just in case. I'm not sure that my skirts and petticoats would survive climbing <laughs> yeah. down the timber. So Alexander uh, climbs down the timber into the, into the, uh, Hit. Okay, and, and the uh, yeah, the room is like it's it's completely trashed and burned and full of rubble. And then there's that there's that rusted old burned cabinet and those two tattered looking skeletons there that were just carrying them on corner. They look like they probably asphyxiated there. Oh boy! Uh, I look in cabinet. You're gonna look in the cabinet. Um, you do a search of the cabinet and. Um, it's nearly just all just burned, burned papers and mm. burned records, and they're just all unreadable. But there's um, you do find a, you find a journal page in here, which uh, I can barely read. Hey, make a sanity roll to try to read that. Us with the means to continue our work, Weber. Da, 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 da. Oh, here, here I go. I can read it. Lord has waited Look, for the day our plan. Provided us with the means to continue our work. Weber, something, something, something to Corbett. Our dark lord has something, something. We've waited for this day. Our plans... Something of strength. And then it says, this is the beginning. Walter has been chosen to depart this world for something greater. The dark man has summoned him. And though his body lies still in a state that is that this pitiful civilization would label dead, his soul will live on. Steps have already been taken to ensure that Corbett's body will be safely interred in the basement of his house, in accordance with his wishes and the wishes 
of the dark man. Praise be to him. May we all be reborn anew. Mm. Well, clearly, uh, there was some very sinister goings on here, and uh, I'm not surprised that the Corbett house is haunted if his body is buried in the basement. You know, I'm suddenly realizing something. Alexander kind of thinks to himself as he's reading this. <laughs> I, I feel like... We, we've been kind of hired to kind of disprove any kind of chance of a haunting occurring, but there might be a haunting occurring. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> I should tell you now that this scenario is called the haunting. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Uh, follow this up with, uh, I'm just going to do a, a quick search of the of the skeletal remains just to Right, can you do a give me a spot hidden? I would love to. I'm not going to be very successful at it though. That's going to be oh, damn. I'm actually rolling pretty hang. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that's good, isn't it? 25? Yeah, that's good. Everybody starts at 25 at least. Yeah. Yeah, you got 25 is, is spot on. Um, uh, you start searching the skeletons and you notice that one of them has like something in its mouth and um, so you 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 reach in and the the bottom jaw just like falls off and um it looks like he was he was trying to eat another journal page so uh, yeah so you pull you pull this from his from his mouth and um do you want me to read this to you sure uh, uh may fifteenth nineteen twelve Okay. City. The fools of this wretched city, they know we have the children, and now it is only something. We cannot allow our sacred grounds to be sullied. Police officers, the children will make fine shields. The rich... The ritual shall be performed as planned. They are here. Praise be to the dark man. May 22nd, 1912. Councilman Ellsworth has once again kept us from harm. His position has proven to be an invaluable resource for the chapel. Perhaps the dark man will grant him favor as he did with Corbett. That's one week after the date of the police report. Ellsworth survived. And got out of it somehow. What the hell? Wait, hold on. If this was really written on May 22nd, wouldn't that have been after the chapel was burned? Yeah, the, the police report says May 15th, 1912. Hmm. Hmm. Which, why would these bodies Pages be here? Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Okay. All right. Huh. huh. Um. How are you folks doing in there? Jimmy Ricketts is still out front. He's not. He's not making his way in here. Yeah. This place is giving me the creeps. 
Maybe we should maybe we should move on. Maybe we should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, do I kind of get the sense that there isn't anything? Oh left yeah, out? no, yeah, no. You pretty much everything else is just 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 it's just burned to a crisp. There's nothing else. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Alexander climbs back up the timber and he looks at uh, the amazing Kragen and he looks at Agatha and he says, "Well, I think I think we've put it off long enough. Go take a look at the Corbett place." Hmm. Um. Okay. Well, uh, before we go into the Corbett house, uh, our misadventures in the old chapel make me think: uh, Should we pick up some sort of supplies? Uh, rope? Uh, I don't know. A wrecking bar, something like that, in case we encounter any similar difficulties. Yeah, the house has been in some disrepair. Uh, that might be. That might be wise. Okay. So, what are you picking up? You'll just assume you're picking up a length of rope. Uh huh. A wrecking uh, bar, crowbar, or something. Yeah. Uh, any anything else people might want to have handy? Extra batteries for the flashlight. Thank but you. That was good. <laughs> okay, so batteries for your flashlight. Okay. Okay. Do we want to make sure that we outfit everyone with a flashlight. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of a pricey undertaking. For electric electric flashlights. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Means to light a to light a lantern. <laughs> yeah, does um, uh, kerosene lanterns are much more uh, um, prevalent and stuff. But you have um, but you have do do you have matches? I don't have Alex? any. Yeah, I've got. Well, I've got a. I've got a lighter with my. Uh, okay. With my yeah, because I've got a. I have an older character sheet, so he doesn't have those things. But I could have sworn that you had a. You had a. You had cigarettes and a, a lighter of matches, one or the other. Okay. Uh-huh. So I think you're good. All right. Okay. So it gets to be. It's about noon. And um, you uh, make your way through the neighborhood. On foot, and um, Mr. Ricketts leads you to uh, the grounds of the the Corbett House, and it's a brick building. The picture shows a clearly wooden building. <laughs> brick building is overshadowed by taller, newer office buildings on either side. And the house fronts onto the street. And in the rear are overgrown plantings and a half-collapsed arbor. And um, there is access to the rear on either side of the residence. And uh, studying the house, you're impressed by the way it seems to uh, withdraw into the shadows cast by the buildings flanking it. And how the um, blank curtained windows just hide all understanding of what might lie within. And uh, you approach it, and the front door is secured with a single lock. There seem to have been four additional bolts that have been added within the last couple of years. Hmm. And then there are some, you know, some windows, obviously. So, um, Ricketts has, has the keys to the house, and he starts unlocking all of the uh, the bolts 
and the, the deadlocks. And um, finally unlatches the door. So are you prepared to go in? Do we want to look around the outside first, or shall we proceed straight in? Let us venture boldly forward. All right. Perhaps our first order of business should be to split up and look for clues. <laughs> okay. So you enter, and the first room, the first room you come into, which is there in the uh, top right of the image I'm showing you. It was a storage room, and it's just filled with boxes and junk and um, rusted water tanks and old bicycles. And um, at one end of the room, uh, one end of the room is a uh, is an, an old wooden cupboard, and it's been um, just it just looks like it's just been boarded shut. I think we should open the cupboard. Okay. Well, we've got a crowbar. Okay, so you're just going to use the crowbar? I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you provide that expense right there to Mr. Knott. <laughs> you easily, um, you easily wrench it open, and inside you um, find three bound books. <clears throat> and as you examine them, you see that they are the. They appear to be the diaries of a certain W. Corbett, oh. a former inhabitant of the house, oh. as the address on the flyleaf of Volume 1. Uh, dare I risk paging through this? I'll flip open what appears to be Volume 1. You are going to? So Cragen is going to flip through this? Uh -huh. I think so. He doesn't really know the Call of Cthulhu uh, rules. <laughs> okay, well, he can, um, Kragen can. Oh, God. Kragen is, um, let me see, going to lose two sanity points. Hey. But you're going to gain a plus four in your Cthulhu mythos. Uh, so yeah. that's all right. Wait, but I shouldn't mark this permanently because I'm It doesn't actually... really matter. No. Okay, all right, check. But that's what would happen. So, uh -huh. um,. So the Corbett's diaries are in English, though they're sometimes strangely phrased. And it's gonna reading the entire thing would oh, take yeah. probably two days to two days to uh, to read. But they include uh, they describe his various occult experiments, hmm. including the summoning of some unearthly spirit and other magic. Hmm. But um, I believe I have, of course. Oh Hands yeah, up. we got lots. We got handouts for this. Do you want me oh to read? God, I can barely read it. Uh, you got to blow them up. Oh, here. Jesus. I can read it. <clears throat> July the 2nd. 808? 1808, I think it is. Oof, it is a weird... A tome was found while digging up ye subjects. Perusing this text promises a studious practitioner the opportunity to converse with a most powerful and wise being, not of this world. While I remain apprehensive, I must know what secrets lie in this long-forgotten book. 
September the 8th, 1808. <clears throat> the time is right. Oof. Months spent deciphering the meanings and intricacies of this folio have finally shown their worth. <clears throat> September the 9th, 1808. Wish I hadn't volunteered to read Yeah. Last night will forever be printed upon my mind. At the clock's ring of midnight, my closest colleagues and I set forth upon calling what I hereafter refer to as the dark man. The ritual call for the blood of three willing individuals spilled by the same blade. I am, as of yet, unable to remove the stain of our shared sacrifice from this blade. After reciting the words written in the book we discovered some six months ago, I was faced with an overwhelming sense of dread. I presume that my colleagues had similar trepidations, but I dared not speak. In the center of our circle, the dark man appeared from coagulating shadows. His mere presence caused Amelie Hooper, wife of Benjamin, to let out a shriek. In other circumstances, I would remark how unfitting such behavior is among society. But I must admit, I was quite frightened myself. As quickly as the dark man arrived, he had vanished back into the light into the lightless void from which he appeared. I must contact him again. Grab yourselves a grab yourselves a beer. There's, there's four pages. Oh shit. <laughs> November the twenty third, eighteen thirty five. Henry Weber has recently built a house on Sheaf Street. As it is a short walk from the church, I wish to possess this estate. I pray that our dark lord will provide me with the means to remove Mr. Weber from his November the 30th, 1835. The dark man has answered my wishes. Henry Weber has fallen ill, which I am certain he will not be he will not recover from. I write this as I leave to purchase the deed to Sheaf Street. March the 13th, 1847. The Chapel of Contemplation is growing in number. Amongst our new members is Daniel Ellsworth and his son, Peter. Daniel is head of the city council. His influence is sure to be invaluable in the future. Also, we have been converting various outcasts and vagrants willing to perform menial and abhorrent duties. I pray that the dark man is pleased. This guy sounds great. <laughs> June the 25th, 1852, <clears throat> the dark man has revealed to me a ritual that will manifest the hunter who once satisfied fades. My dagger, which spilt the blood of myself and two others to first summon our Lord, must be used again. July the 2nd, 1852, <clears throat> it has been 44 years since I first discovered the ancient tome that has led me to such great power. Fittingly, it is on this day that I have been given the power of rigor vitae. Upon first study, rigor vitae appears to be a method to keep flesh from wearing through the vigors of mortal time. That difficulty, we, the difficulty will be in obtaining an adequate supply of blood from the local children without raising suspicion from the lawsuit-wielding neighbors. Isn't that always a problem? I will need to ensure the loyalty of my followers for when the time. 
May the 19th, 1866. The chapel is going splendidly. Most followers are so faithful that I rarely need to make an example. Very few times, however, I have forced a follower to obey thy master's will. After only four stern commands was I able to turn the false minister, Michael Thomas, to my cause. He will be an adequate servant for my friend. That person. There's one more? Oh, yes. June the 20th, 1866. I reached the end of this life. Many of my peers look at this moment with fear and anger. Not I, for I know that soon I will cross the threshold to everlasting life and power. I am sending my will to Mr. Minister Thomas. I am certain he and the others are capable of feeding me. And if not, I will not be powerless. I mustn't tarry, for the beginning of my transformation is at hand. Okay, uh, Colin, just I just want to make that, sure. So these, just oh, as sorry. you read that, you hear a loud thud from somewhere above you. Proceed. Sorry, go ahead. Um, just a quick question. I want to make sure the dates on this are legitimate. So these are in the 1800s, and then yep. okay, cool. Yep. Uh, what was that thumping sound? Alexander goes to investigate. It sounded from like it was from upstairs. Yep, I'll go take a do look. You, are you going upstairs, or do you still want to? Um, I can still show you. I can still bring up the ground floor map again too. Mm -hmm. Don't or if you want to, you you proceed upstairs. I sure will. You're uh, proceeding upstairs alone. Okay. I believe we should all stick together. Okay. Well, come on with me. Let's go look. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you, you, you barrel up the stairs. Yeah, I love this. Alexander's like, all right, well, I'll go look. And everyone's like, uh, you should take someone with you. I was like, okay, then come with me halfway up the stairs. I guess I'll follow along. I will too. The top of the stairs is a um, a long corridor with um, windows overlooking um, the street outside. And there appear to be uh, three bedrooms off the corridor and uh, a, a bathroom. You do hear, um, you can hear a uh, there's no, there's no sound up here. There's no more booming or banging. There's just there's a, a steady dripping coming from the um, the bathroom. What come from the bathroom? Cut a out steady dripping sound coming. Dripping sound. Okay. Hmm. I shall investigate the dripping sound. I'm sure it's just a tap. But I would like to assure myself. Okay, um, so Agatha goes into the bathroom, and uh, the bathroom contains this has a sink, a bathtub, a clawfoot tub, and a water closet with an overhead tank. And um, the towels and other bathroom possessions are, are still here, typical of a family of four. And then there's a, um, a brackish pool of water that's collected in the bathtub. And it's fed by a, a dripping faucet, which just cannot quite be turned off. Oh, all right. And then, as um, as you're examining the uh, the faucet, the 
bathroom door slams shut behind you. Oh dear. And the faucet begins to turn on fully and um, just brackish water gushes forth from it. And then the water just gets darker and darker until you notice that um, it is no longer water, but that the bathtub and sink faucets are um, spewing blood into the sink and bathtub, which is rapidly filling up and spills out over onto the floor, tiled floor. All right, so I pull the plug out of the bathtub. <laughs> um, you re reach into the bathtub and to try and take the plug out, and there is just you're up to your, you're almost up to your shoulders in blood. Oh, and um, uh, as you, you reach for the, you pull out the plug, and there's there's no, it has no bearing on anything. And as you you notice, as you're doing this, as as you look up, that there's just blood seeping from the ceiling and down the walls and that uh, the the bathroom is now just completely filled with blood and it's almost um above your it's above your knees at this point so and, um, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to have you uh make a sanity roll oh uh, i knew i should have checked out this stupid Did I do something wrong? Sanity is 50. That looks right. No. It's not. Roll 1d10 plus 1d10. All right, let's try that. Roll 1d10. This should work. 1d10. Yeah, it's been working all night. Don't know what's going on. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Uh, Hold on. Hmm. Oh, this, this says Dice Maiden's still on. Yeah. Oh no, now, now she's not. Oh. <laughs> Dice oh, no, Maiden. Um, okay, hold on. I'm looking for my actual, here is my actual physical dice, but. Oh good, oh. you've got two D10s. Hmm. But I, but I don't have. Uh, just decide that one. Just decide that one of them is a percentage. After you roll. Okay, so roll two of these. I've got a double four. So that's forty-four. So yep. that's below. That's below your sanity. You're good. You're All fine. Right. Just um, covered in blood. Just <laughs> absolutely, absolutely covered in blood. It's just, it's just, just growing and growing. It's just growing deeper and deeper and deeper. Would somebody like to help me get out of this bathroom? Right. So we're all on the other side of the door here after it slams shut, and we hear yes. splashing and whatnot. Well, you don't uh, hear any splashing. You do hear. Uh, you do hear a screaming. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm in a spot of father here, gentlemen. Yeah, well, I think I'll... Alexander's trying to break down that damn door. Yeah, I would try to open it first and see if it opens normally, and then. Well, opening it, yeah. opening it, opening it has has no effect. It just seems like it's almost like. Some unseen force is holding it shut from the other side. Alex uh, utilizes his shoulder to try to open okay. the door. 
Well, Alex, I'll have you uh, do a strength roll then. Okay. So you need to do your better. I think you may have to use your own dice. Oh, let's dice maidens. Back. <laughs> no, okay. because I'm the special golden child, apparently. 95. <laughs> You're not the special golden child at all. That's terrible. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> uh, but I got the dice maiden to work again. Absolutely so. terrible. Um, okay. okay. Uh, you give yourself, um, um, you, um, let me see. What am I going to give you here? You, oh, you sustained, you sustained two hit points of damage. You just, damn, you just badly bruise your shoulder trying to uh, barge the door down. All right, I'll uh, wield the uh, crowbar and see if there's a little gap on the side of the door by the hinges and try to just pry it right off. Or on the other side, like anywhere where I can get a crowbar in, I'll try to pry it open. Okay, um, I'll ask you also to uh, make a strength roll here. Okay. Oh, and it looks like we're working. Okay, cool. Yeah, nice maiden is better. You need a 70 or better. Seventy. Seventy. It is seventy, isn't it? Yep. Yep. You're right. You're bang on seventy. Um, okay. And you um, managed to find a, a gap in the door, and Cragen puts all of his strength against it, and the door flings open. And uh, as it opens, you see a perfectly ordinary bathtub with some brackish water dripping into it and uh so we're not seeing blood and, and agatha cowering in the corner no she's like um she looks disheveled but she's none the worst for no there's no blood okay agatha, what, what happened Perhaps he's claustrophobic. Agnes, can you hear me? And you hear, you know, a distant, disembodied kind of man's cackle. That just goes. <laughs> oh dear. Um, what? What did you see in here? Oh, this blood was gushing everywhere, from the faucets, from the, from, from the ceiling. That I was knee deep in blood. Hmm. Oh, very odd. There is, there is no blood here that I can see. Well, uh, clearly this was a paranormal experience. Right. You do notice, um, you do notice uh, uh, above the doorway in the bathroom, you notice a uh, little, little symbol just scrolling uh, into the plaster. I see. Hmm. I wonder if these symbols are in all rooms of the house. Do you think the symbol could be connected to this so-called paranormal activity? I believe so, yes. I believe it is a summoning symbol. Hmm. I wonder what would happen if we destroyed the symbol. Only one way to find out. <laughs> I'll like just cash it out with a crowbar. <laughs> Best money I ever spent. <laughs> yeah, I'll just trash the bit of wall with a crowbar uh, to knock out the to obliterate the symbol. 
Okay. There, see? Nothing of it. All right, uh, shall we uh, investigate the other rooms on this floor? Well, yeah, we have to. Or should we proceed to the basement where Mr. Corbett was allegedly buried? Well, I guess one floor at a time. You hear, uh, you hear, uh, uh, you hear another sound that sounds like, um, it almost sounds like the, um, the, uh, running feet of, of children. Just, just momentarily. From hmm. one of the rooms further down the corridor. Hmm. Alexander, what's that? Alexander goes to investigate. He's okay. <laughs> okay. We okay. shall follow. So Alexander goes to the. Um, you stop at the. Uh, you're you're looking in the in the rooms as you, first room had just an empty bed frame, and then uh, you get to the second room. And um, it looks like it looks like it's a it's a children's room. It's got two small beds, and then there's some still some toys lying around, dressers, and then there's uh, pictures of aircraft and cowboys. And um, that's about it. Huh? I go to the next room. <laughs> Okay, you just go into the next room. Okay, so you uh, you go to the the room at the end of the at the end of the hallway, and uh, it appears to be the uh, master bedroom. And it's a pretty ordinary bedroom with a double bed and a bookshelf and a window view. Suppose this presumably was the the, the uh, Macario family. Victoria this might be the very window that Mr. Mercario jumped out of in his moment of madness. Right, the uh, closed window. The walls are covered in um, in crucifixes. They do have uh, lots of candles. There's a uh, huh. rosary. Hmm. Perhaps the Mercarios suspect they were being haunted themselves. Hmm. Huh. Uh, I will scout around the room, seeing if they left any other signs. You hear, hear another loud banging, almost like almost like a thunderclap on coming from one of the other rooms. Hmm. Alexander goes to investigate. <laughs> Do be careful, Mr. Kilgore. I'll follow on. Uh, as um as as you're you're walking along, um you Notice, um, you notice as you pass the children's room, you notice that the like there's some odd staining on um, on the floor portion of the hmm. staining. Yeah, it's it's like it's in this it's in the script. It's like a it's like a darker it's like a darker staining. It's just like something had spilled. Huh. Perhaps we should take a closer look with the flashlight. Okay, and um, as you as you take a closer look, you notice that the um, that there's a one of the floorboards is is quite loose. It seems to mm. vibrate as you as you walk in the room. Hmm. Okay, uh, let's. What's underneath it? Okay, so you uh, you pry it open with the with crowbar. The yep. And um, under the floorboard, um, you find a. There's like a, a broken, 
porcelain doll's head. And then there are some um, some kind of rather rusted iron shackles and handcuffs, which seem quite small. That's rather disturbing. Yeah. You know, the more that I'm around here, the more I can't help but wonder if Mr. Notch is just better off just uh, bulldozing this place over. No? I agree that it faces certain real estate challenges. <laughs> again, you hear... I'd rather list the, it than love it. From the room next to you, you again hear... Uh... <laughs> so this is from the first room that we passed by, the one closest to the bathroom, it sounds like? Yes. Okay, yeah, now Alex is getting out the gun and he goes into that to that room. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Open you up. go into this room and... Um, it's just got a bed, a big, large bed frame. It's just got bare bed springs and um, just an old dresser. And um, the room looks unused. And it just, it does, it just looks like the other two bedrooms, but it looks like nobody has ever, nobody has ever lived in it. And um, there's like a, there's a large, there's a large um, window in one wall that overlooks overlooks the um the back of the house. And then I don't know if you um if you want to do like a a spa hidden or uh, a listen in here perhaps. Sure. Um, let's start with listening because uh, that's a little bit more of um. Yeah. So that's a nine. I think that I got. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. That's a nine. So, um, I wiggle you, uh, my ears. Yeah, you you hear what you hear what sounds like it sounds almost like fingernails slowly scraping down glass. And it's just very very slow and very slight and yeah, it seems to come from the 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 window there. I, yeah, I go to the window and see if there's like maybe like a like a branch or something that's just like caught or. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to to roll a spot hidden. Okay, Alexander. Nope. Ooh, I have an eighty-seven. As you're examining the window, you hear an ungodly screeching sound behind you. Oh God! I, wor- I wheel and around. As and as you turn, as as you whirl around, you see the bed frame raise rapidly into the air, as though it's being picked up like a child's toy, and then it flips on its side, and then hurtles towards you at full force. Oh, yeah. I am dodging out of the fucking way. Okay. Well, let's have you roll a dodge. Might be. What's my dodge? Half of your dex is the base, anyway. Oh, fuck. Really? 
Well, it should be entered in though, because it might have been added to under Dodge. Uh, no, okay. Hello, it is his Dodge is what is your Dodge? It's half your decks, yeah. So it's it's not entered. So your Dodge is thirty. Fuck. Okay. So mm. you fail miserably. The uh, the um. Not miserably. Actually, wait, I can use luck, right? I can burn luck to. A lot of luck. What, 16 points? <laughs> and these are characters that, you know, <laughs> that we're not. Okay. Okay, so you're going to just burn, you're gonna burn 60 points of luck? I okay. don't want to get so you by a bed. Okay, so Alexander manages to duck out of the way just as the bed frame slams with incredible force against the back window just completely shattering it and just spraying glass outwards yeah see i hurt my shoulder earlier i did not want to, i did not want to have to deal with that <sighs> who's in the room by the way is it just you i had followed him in yeah okay i'm gonna need i'm gonna need you two to roll to uh do sanity rolls okay yeah because right. that just went flying huh Mm-hmm. What, me as well? I was in the hallway. I no, thought... you didn't see it. Good. <laughs> 57. I can. Uh... Five, 50. I think I'm cool. Yeah. So I want to roll under 89, my sanity, right? Yeah, I think your sanity you're is like. Clean. Yeah, your sanity's 80 without any adjustments to it. So you're, you're good. You're, you're saying both fine. You were both fine, so mm. you uh, you narrowly the, es- you narrowly escaped. Does the bed seem to have uh, stopped moving about now, or is it still getting ready after for after everything after everything occurs? The bed just kind of swings limply and then just collapses with like just I believe the word's inertia, where just no energy whatsoever, just just falls naturally back to gravity and just. Falls to the floor with a clang. Well, um, I am suddenly of the opinion that this place is haunted. <laughs> I uh, tend to doubt such claims myself, but I cannot dispute Come the on. evidence in my own eyes. Ms. Crane, yes. this is more in your realm. Yes, it is. And I could have told you immediately that this place was haunted. No need to rub it in. <laughs> I mean, we were hired to do a specific job. To prove that it wasn't haunted. Well, unfortunately, we cannot disprove that. Is there a way... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Now, I don't want to be called yellow, but I feel like uh, there definitely is something dangerous here, and if we were hired for our professional opinion, then that is our opinion. I think that we should uh, quit of this place. Ms. Crane, in your experience, is it possible to make a haunted place become... Unhaunted. Well, I have seen exorcisms performed. Um, for that, we would need a trained priest. I do not feel comfortable doing the exorcism myself. But we could give it a try. Hmm. Speaking it of yellow. Fair an element of danger. Yeah, but you guys are making like what six dollars here? <laughs> Plus expensive. Yeah. Speaking of yellow, um, you hear 
some noise outside as um, you look at the uh, as you go back into the hallway and look in the in the corridor and look at the front window. You see um, um, Mr. Ricketts, who is has uh, started. Uh, he has fled the building and has uh, started Ms. Crane's silver ghost and no. is uh, hastily speeding away in it. The fuck! No, it was all a ploy to get my car. <laughs> Should have seen through it from the beginning. <laughs> hmm. Huh. I am quite distraught by this. Well, how shall you we hear, proceed? You hear a shuffling and creaking downstairs below you. Hmm. Um... Miss Crane, oh. I fear I must defer to your experience. Young Alexander thinks we should leave. I am of mixed feelings myself. Well, it is clear that this is a poltergeist because it was able to move an object uh, with intent to harm. Uh, so, yes, I I must concur with, with young Alexander that uh, it would be wise to make a retreat at this point before any further injury is... Uh, inflicted upon us. I will defer to your greater wisdom in these matters. All right, so we will head back downstairs, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you head back downstairs, and as you uh, get to the the foot of the stairs, the door to the basement in front of you swings slowly open. Are we uh, are we still of a mind to Come on guys, it could be nine dollars. <laughs> well that is a lot of money. That's um, not really however we have however we have already we we have already discovered that the house is haunted. We have our answer. <laughs> Hmm. Is Alexander already outside? <laughs> I mean, unless it's unless. Mm -hmm. Well, an opportunity such as this for a renowned parapsychologist such as myself uh, does not come around very often. I say we wait to see what happens. Should we then venture down to the basement? I will lead the way. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get myself killed. But <laughs> no, you're going to get us killed. <laughs> I said I would lead the way. Yeah. I'm right behind you. Okay. Yes, okay, I'm in. Um, you start our, to. Our fearless game master seems to want us to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you start to uh, make your way. Down the down the stairs, they you know they creak underfoot, and um, as you get to the bottom, the basement door above slams shut, 
I hope one of you still has the crowbar. Oh, hell yes. I'm not letting that go. <laughs> and you, uh, you find yourself in a, just a, just, just a, a filthy basement. It's a, it's a, it's quite a small room. It's an unusually small room. Um, and it's just, just, there's just tools and bits of pipe and um, oh shit. There's uh some there's some trash can lids lying on the floor um, and just just lumber and nails and screws. Just 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 the floor is just and then the the basement itself is uh, just it's just it's just panelled with um just just wooden planks all around. There are all too many things that a poltergeist could fling at us, given the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, you said there were a couple... Were there lids for those? You said there were lids for buckets? It, for trash cans. There's no trash cans down here, though. There's just... Um, just lids. But the lids are just, permanently displayed in the photo that you Yeah, have. they yes, must be important. just lids. Two of them, or three? Uh, there's two. They might function as shields should this so-called poltergeist of yours start flinging nails at us. Uh, let us pick them up. Okay. And then there's also um, there's also at the at the rear of it there's like a there's a, a coal hole which has long like long been long been Such boarded up. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not quite so foolhardy as to pull the boards out of the coal hole. Um, so if Mr. Corbett, according to these documents, was buried down here, yes. I think he is buried underneath where these trash cans or lids are covering. Um, would it be of benefit to could we, by uh, could it break such a spell as he described to disinter him and I don't know dismember him? Ah, uh, dispose of the bones. Yes, I believe we could do such a thing. All right. Um, I'm going to look around on the floor for any signs of like. I guess a basement grave. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna have you. Uh, I'm gonna have you do a spot hidden. Okay. Um, cutting in and out. Who's cutting in and out? Me. Uh, everybody is. Sorry, it's okay. it, it's my system. Oh, okay. Because sometimes I have a problem with cutting out with my other group. So, uh, all right, spot. Um, hidden. Do I need to do a spot hidden as well? No. Uh, okay. No. 35, my spot hidden is 40. Aha! Yeah. My spots are hidden. Um, you, don't, you don't find any um, you don't find, you don't find any graves. You, look, you lift up the trash can lids and all you all you see is just just, just, uh, just detritus and dirt and debris. Um, but one thing you one thing you do notice is um, something kind of sparkles and catches your eye and as you clear away clear away some debris you see this there's a piece of buried. paper with a drawing of a dagger on it no you see the actual <laughs> you see you see the I actual dagger <laughs> i think we should take hold of this dagger i believe it might assist us should anything untoward happen? Who's going to take hold of the dagger? I will take hold of the dagger. You're going to take hold of the dagger. Okay. Um, 
And then I would ask you to make a dodge roll, please. Oh, God. Okay. A dodge roll. I'm going to fail this. I mean, there's three of us. We can reenact that ritual. Yeah. <laughs> 1d3. 23? 1d3. Oh, 13. Okay. I was going to say, what? What are you talking about? Um, all right, so uh, what is my dodge? Oh, it's 25 is my dodge. 50%. Well, as you grab, as you grab the dagger, mm -hmm. it lurches from your hand as huh. though someone else is holding it. Huh. A possessed dagger. And it turns to face you. Oh, no and plunges into you. I, I thought I passed my dodge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. You did. But my roll was better. Oh. oh, so I'm dead. Thanks. No, no, you're not dead. But um, it plunges into your just below your shoulder, just below your oh. left shoulder. And, oh no, uh, I'm wounded. Yes, you take you take five hit points of damage. And then the knife withdraws itself and just falls limply to the floor. My goodness, I am now only half of my former self. <laughs> mm. I had ten. I had ten hit points. So. Mr. Kilgore, do you have any first aid skills? Can we staunch the bleeding? Oh, uh, no. I am, I'm afraid only the most rudimentary of understanding. Uh, pass me your infinite handkerchief. I will bind the wound. Actually, I, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, we can uh, do that. Yeah. Does All anybody right, actually have any first aid skill apart from the basic thirty percent? Nope. Uh, let me see here. First aid. I do not have any first aid at all. No, I have 30%. Yeah, same as. Okay. I should be savvy enough to just rip a length off my petticoat and, and you know, bind it up. No, oh, I could give you some uh, endless handkerchief. That's what it's there for. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> it's the best we can do at this yeah. point. Like, do you actually want a first aid roll column, or are we just sort of doing window dressing here? No, you can do. You can just. You can just do window Stop dressing. Bleeding, kind of. Yeah. Okay, that's not too hard to pull off. Um, uh, this dagger, by the way, is is still floating in the air. Does somebody want to uh, try and overpower it? Yeah. Can oh, I, I slam it down with the garbage lid? Um, you can certainly use a garbage lid. I'm going to ask you also. Then you will want to make a. Uh, just your your standard fight roll, which is uh, which for you is a forty. That's okay. Um, well, let me see. Do do do. And um, you get to roll. You'll get to roll three dice. Uh, is that a good thing? Yep. You. I'll give you a bonus dice on that bonus die. So okay. just uh, roll d twenty, d twenty, or d ten, d ten, d ten. Okay, so, so how do we read that in that case? You read that as the lowest one, which is a 19. 
which oh, is a I smashing see, cool. a smashing success. Aha. So you you wrench it. You just you wrench the knife from the air, the dagger from the air, and um, it just goes, you know, limp in your hand, and it just feels like a like a normal dagger. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, most curious. Uh, so I seem to have captured the dagger for the moment. Uh, shall we proceed? So is there's that other room back there? That's uh, just a. That's just a. That's just the uh, the the coal hole. It's. Oh, okay. Uh, there's nothing of any interest in us. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry, I didn't realize that was the coal hole. Um, you do hear like you do hear um scurrying noises from you know the wall behind you. Like opposite the stairs, kind of. Um. Yeah. Let me bring up the map again. So basically, in that wall to the uh, that main clear wall. Long wall. Okay. Long wall. Nothing in evidence, though, scurrying there. No, it sounds like it just sounds like a rodent, hmm. mice, rats. Any well, as, I did, as I did, as I did point out when when you came in, that the, the basement does seem unusually small in with, right. in regard to the rest of the house. Hmm. Perhaps oh. there's some kind of f false wall. Yeah, uh, Alexander's going to join in and see if he can, like, well, first of all, he checks on uh, Agatha to make sure that she's not, like, bleeding out. Hmm. Well, we've, she's, she's got some uh, uh, infinite handkerchief helping her out. Okay. Thank you, young man. Uh, I'm going to, to take a rest for a moment with my wound and let you gentlemen examine this wall. I will tap along the wall with the uh, um, crowbar, or my trusty crowbar, and see if I can find a hollow spot. Unusually, it, it everywhere you tap on it sounds hollow. Hmm. Are there any uh, crumbling bits or weaker-looking bits of it? Um, no, it's just it's all um, just plain wooden boards that all look like they were just quite hastily nailed in. Right, I'm going to wrap the dagger in a little bit of handkerchief and tuck it away mm -hmm. uh, okay. so I can use two hands on the crowbar. Uh, I'll hand the garbage can lid to Ms. Crane uh, and I guess take a hack at the wall with the crowbar. Okay. As you take a hack at the wall, um, the first board comes away quite easily. And as you do, as you do take it away, um, just dozens of large black rats just Ooh. spill forth from the wall and um, just they just land on your chest and on your legs mm -hmm. and on your head and they're just 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 running all over you and uh, so I'll I need you I need, need you to uh I need you to do a, a sanity roll. Oh, I'm just going to grab them and stuff them into my magic top hat for a few <laughs> Let me see. What are they going to do? 
Oh, shit. Uh, I've rolled an 80 against a 62 sanity. Uh, actually, I just, sorry, I didn't need you. I just need you to roll, to do a, just a fighting brawl attack. Okay, yeah, I'm obviously going to try to like swat them off of me. Yeah. Uh, but not toward the lady, of course. No, uh, of course not. Okay, so I'm doing my brawl roll. Okay. So roll. Ten. Brawl rat. Eesh. Yeah, my, my, I have be, a 10. I have yeah. a 10, so it's really good. I think so I they win, do, it sounds like. Yep, they do. <laughs> they, do just, they just do two hit points of damage to you. And yeah, then they just, nasty things. They're more, they're more frightened of you than, than you clearly aren't of them. Yes. And they all, they just scurry off and dissipate among the, the crap in the basement. Eesh. So there don't seem to be any more, any more rats in the walls. Okay. Well, I'll dust myself off and proceed to uh, open a hole in this wall. Then, okay. As you, um, as you, as you uh, continue to uh, tear away boards from the wall, you notice that there's a there's another room on the other side, and um, there's a a stone palace in the center of the room. And you can just make out the uh, the legs and lower torso of what appears to be a corpse in there. Hmm. This may be what we're looking for. Take a look, if you dare. Uh, I suspect that based on our past experience, uh, something bad will happen when we enter this room. I feel that you are probably correct. Almost certainly correct. All right. Uh, I can go first if you'd like. Um, might I have my garbage lid back, though? <laughs> okay, so I'll kind of hold it in front. So I'm basically like doing kind of a sword and shield approach with my trusty crowbar and garbage can lid and ready to leap out of the way or bat things aside and I'll just Are any of you armed by the way? I have a gun, but this doesn't seem like gun kind of helpful stuff. Okay. <clears throat> or at least the original version of uh Craigan has a gun. No, yeah, you do have a gun, don't okay. you? Okay. So are you drawing your gun or no? No, I'm going to go in with my crowbar and uh, and uh, a garbage can lid, thinking that there's another chance of flying debris attacking me, and I can bat it aside or shield it aside. Okay, so do you all enter the room then? Yep. Okay, so you all enter the room, and lying motionless and seemingly dead on the pallet in the center of the room is a drawn, wooden-looking, wizened figure of some six feet skinny emaciated and naked with ghastly wide flaring saucer-like eyes and a nose like a knife blade some sort of ornamental chain resting around his neck he has lost all hair and his shrunken gums make his teeth look very long and from him you detect a sharp sweet churning scent like um 
it smells almost like rotten corn. <laughs> and the the room, the floor of the room is just dirt. It's just earth. And then in the southwest corner, there's a there's a small table with um, some just curled papers on it. I go and examine the papers. Okay. Um, as you oh, what did you say? I'm sorry, I cut out papers. Papers. Oh no. Yeah. As you touch the papers, they just they just immediately um, crumble to dust. Um, okay. But just before they crumbled, what what looked it looked like some kind of like horoscope signs or some kind of thing on it. Hmm. Um. But as it um. As they crumble, you hear uh, the same laugh that you cackling laugh that you've heard in other parts of the house, except this time it's coming from the room you're in. And as you turn, the uh, corpse begins to rise. From the oh. pallet. Yeah, that is. I am. I'm putting bullets inside of that thing as quickly as I can. And um, and this figure oh, no. begins to rise up and just hover in the air. Oh no! About four feet above your heads. Oh boy! And its eyes are just. Burning bright, uh, and he uh, hisses and just cackles insanely at you. And yet his mouth doesn't move. the 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 voice just seems to come from just within the room itself. Um, I'm gonna need you all to um, make sanity roll. Seems fair. See, now I got out dice uh, when it wasn't working, and I like, keep reaching for dice when you ask for a roll. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing them, too. Two, I two, trust you. Ten. Well, no, I, I'll do it officially here. Ooh, yikes. That's 30, bad. I'm cool. Oh, 79, you're okay. not good. I am so, not good at all. That is way above my sanity. All right, let me give you here. Um, two numbers above my sanity that say 50 and 79. Uh, what? What is the, the there's it, it okay? It's the line. Oh, yeah. It's uh, seventy nine is your maximum. Oh, oh wow! Okay, yikes! That's the most you can ever get to uh, okay. because of your mythos, because of your twenty mythos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, oh, you're not too bad. You only lose one sanity. All of you just lose one sanity. Oh, even if we succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, oh, I see. Okay. So, Alexander, did you say you have your your gun drawn? Oh hell yeah. Uh, okay, so um, then you will get to act first in this case. Okay. How do I do this again? So I've got. Um, you are rolling. Where, where are you? Hold on, I need Sorry, to get. You're rolling your firearms skill, which is 40. 
Um, are you firing a single shot? Or are you going to attempt to fire multiple shots? You can fire uh, up. To, you mm -hmm. can fire up to three shots, um, okay. or you can fire a single shot. And um, what's the... single shot has okay. no penalty. Uh, okay. Multiple shots have a penalty die for each shot. It's considered that you know a single shot is more studied and focused than aimed, whereas two or three is just more kind of random. Uh! Okay, so if I if I shoot twice, for example, I would roll. You would roll three d tens. Twice though. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let off uh, two shots. Because I, I think I kind of like that gamble. Ugh. So that's a 42. Okay. And for my Fine. second shot. Now, not to not to be this guy, I am playing a version of Alex. I do. I have Alex's improvements from last time, and he moved from forty to forty-three you can, you on handgun. You can use them. You can use them. All right. What? <laughs> and then <laughs> forty-three. <laughs> So I rolled a 42 and a 43. My fire, my uh, firearms handgun score is a 43. Uh, does that mean that I hit twice? Um, I have to see if you hit twice, Kenny. Okay. You have to bear with me here. Uh, so he is going to go... That's a miss. Oh, Corbett misses you both times. So yes, you do hit. Um, but it's your bullets don't seem to have any effect. Okay. They um, what they they strike them. You strike them. You strike them full on in the chest. But as your your bullets hit him, um, just. It just chips away like he's like made a stone. So there's just, you know, it just makes these these large chips in his torso, which just have the only effect they seem to have is to make him even more gruesome. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I tried gun. <laughs> Anyone else have a shot? Hmm. Try exercising him. Okay. Exercising him. Yes, I will exercise exercise him from this oh. be gone demon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it seems promising. Yeah, that's not a thing. Um well, clearly uh, like, that was not taken seriously, thank you. No, because no, it's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing. No. Is it a skill you have? Performing exorcisms? I don't think that's on very many Call of Cthulhu sheets. No. Therefore, it's not a thing. A cult. Psychology. Shall I reason with him? <laughs> um. Well, I want to see. Actually, let's go back. Let's go back to. Let's go back to Alex, because we need to figure out. Um, shit. We need to figure out what what damage you did, because you did hit him. Okay. So I need to figure. I need to figure that out. And you do. Uh, 
one d10. So you're going to do that twice. Okay. Um. So that'd be ten and twelve, or ten and two. So is that twenty? No, uh, it's not a percentile. It's a, yeah. Oh it's no, just, no, no. It's oh, you're doing two. You're doing two. Two two d ten for real. Doing yeah. twelve damage. Okay, so yeah, so the the first shot, the first shot just chips off him, just like just like he's stone. Mm. And the the second shot again chips at him like it's stone, but then it also seems to penetrate, and like uh, you see this kind of black fluid trickle down from it. Huh. Well, if I get a chance to shoot more bullets, I'm probably going to try gun again, but if everyone else has a suggestion, like... Yeah. Uh, I have a thought. Who's got the dagger? I do. I'm going to drop the crowbar and pull the dagger and, like, leap forward and try to stab him in, maybe in that wound. But in that general area, anyway. Mostly I'm just trying to stab him with the dagger. Okay, well, let's have your... Um, Still got my guard up with the shield. So you, I'll need you to, ro to roll your... Um, fighting, I assume? Let's yes, just do your fighting brawl, which or is... dexterity. Dexterity, good. No, you're going to do, <laughs> do your fighting brawl. Man, Corbett is not getting the rolls. Fifty-seven. No. Uh, you know what? I feel like. Oh man, that's a lot of luck to spend to bring that down. Uh. Yeah. No, I'll hold no. off. Uh, okay, so I'll I miss and uh, dance back a little bit. Okay. Does he seem scared of it at all? Um, it, no, it's just that he still seems quite just lifeless. He just hangs there in the air. But I mean, he's constantly, other than his burning eyes and his cackling, which seems disembodied from him, there's no, hmm. um, there's no sense of life in him at all. Hmm. Is this really even Corbett? Hmm. Who's up? All right, it's up to um, it's up to Agatha here. Oh goodness, and Agatha has a wound. What? Uh, I don't have any fighting skills whatsoever. Um, I have a fifteen percent intimidate, which is well. Not you can, bad. you can, you can, you can always just lay back. Um, can't I try like some kind of Latin incantation or prayer? Unless or it's in your skill set and it's there and you've got one. Otherwise, no. I have a I have Latin language. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to think of, you know. I could I could pray. You could pound him with your fists. <laughs> yeah, that's really useful. Thank you. Um. Yeah, my, my my best thing to do would be to psychoanalyze him, and I don't think it's going to work. Uh, um, is there anything else in this room that, that uh, might give us guidance here? 
Maybe you can look while we fight him off. We hold him yeah. off. Well, there you go. Yeah, that could be a that could be a good thing. So you search the room. You want to do uh you want to do a spot hidden in here? For the gentleman, not me. Yeah, nope. you. Oh me. Okay, I'll do a spot hidden. Spot hidden. Ooh, 19. My spot hidden is 60. Yeah. Um, I hope there's actually something. <laughs> um, you noticed you noticed that when um when the um when Alexander's second bullet mm -hmm. struck Corbett that the uh the black jewel at the center of his uh necklace that he wears um seemed to uh glow it seemed to give a, a slight red glow just momentarily just briefly grab the necklace go for okay the necklace. the necklace you say go for the necklace mm -hmm. tear it off him um corbett Um, I mean, I'm not going for the necklace. Corbett oh, yeah. lurches towards Alexander. Oh boy! And just he just lurches out like a like a rag doll, just arms and legs, just flailing at you. And um, I need you to uh, either roll a uh, you can either do a fight or a dodge. I'm gonna fight. Fuck it. <laughs> Okay. How, uh, can I can I fight with gun or do I have to like punch fight? Um, I punch fight. Okay. Well, you are armed with a gun. I don't know if you would have. Would you have the opportunity to react with the gun? I think that's your quickly. Punch fight and go for the necklace. You can attempt a shot. I let you attempt a shot. Yeah, I'm going to attempt a shot. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now that Corbett rolled a zero. Oh shit! <laughs> I I don't. Uh, so that's. So he's going to succeed either way. Well, you know Hold what? On. I rolled a zero. So. <laughs> Two zeros. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. How does how does this normally work? Does defender it's usually defender gets to strike first, right? I, I don't oh, know. I know in ours magic defender first. But um okay, let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, Alexander wins that one because you poked the bear on that one. <laughs> and he hit back. <laughs> oh. Da, da, hold on. Okay. Wow. That sucks. So he does he does a total of two damage to you. Yeah, well, there's two hit points, and then um, 
Wow, you rolled a one? <laughs> yeah. So Okay. Well the bullet the bullet does strike him. It strikes him and as it as it strikes him he uh sails backwards and just like hisses at you and again you see more more dark liquid ooze ooze from it. And fortunately it's now uh your combat turn. Cool. I'm gonna empty the clip. Go for the necklace. So you have, I believe, what three bullets three left? left? Yeah. And okay, I think... so you're gonna need to roll um, three, three d tens for each shot. Three d. Uh, yeah, because so... you need you need a penalty die. You get a penalty okay. die. Like a penalty die, though, right? For each shot. For each shot. Okay. Yep. Bang. 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 So that's a 7389. <laughs> and a 85. Wow. So all, all, <laughs> all shots just miss wildly. Mm-hmm. And the gun just the gun just the gun just clicks. I mean, if you think about it, like if it's about around six seconds, like I essentially like emptied the clip in 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Hmm. Fun. Well. Okay, so this thing uh, kind of reeled away after that first shot. Uh, am I up? Yep, you're up. Okay, you're up. so after I hear the uh, revolver, it's a revolver, I assume, if it's a six-shooter. Yeah. Uh, after I hear it clicking, I'm going to get in, and hopefully this thing's reeling. I'm going to use the dagger to try to slash the necklace off of it. So not necessarily to damage him. I'm just trying to cut the necklace off. Okay. Um, so, let me see. That is going to be... Sounds like maneuver. kind of a magician role to me. Yep. <laughs> um, I need you, no, I need you to use your Locks fighting there. brawl. Damn it. It's kind of like picking a lock, if you think about it. Roll <laughs> 2d10. Oh. Uh... Cut the necklace. Uh, Oops, why did you not? Okay. 49. Okay, now we're talking some luck, baby. I'm going to throw nine luck to bring it down to a hit, if I may, sir. And hope that it's actually worth doing. (laughs) The dagger makes contact with the corpse. You plunge the dagger into him and as you you rip it backwards towards yourself and it cuts through the chain of the necklace and the necklace falls to the floor and as you do so Corbett lets out a hideous hissing scream and just disintegrates immediately into dust. Hey! 
and Kragen goes crashing forwards with nothing to support him anymore <laughs> and lands on the stone slab. Oof. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I will gingerly get up and dust my dust the corbett off of me. And uh, I will pick up the necklace and drop it into my reticule. Um, I will carefully look around and listen to see if there's any other signs of weirdness and activity. No, you hear nothing. Is everyone all right? Apart from no, the obvious? No, I got a stab wound in my shoulder. Yes, uh, but apart and you from got, that... And you got your Rolls Royce, though. Yes, and my Rolls <laughs> okay. Royce has been stolen. Which is worse? The Rolls Royce, clearly, yeah. <laughs> well, you all, you all make your way uh, up, the, up, the, up the staircase, the basement. And um, back through the house, and you go as you go out onto the front porch. It's still it's probably uh, six o'clock in the evening, and as as you're you're on the porch, you notice that your um, Agatha, you notice that your Rolls Royce has returned. What? And um, Sergeant O'Shaughnessy from the police department is um, walking up towards you and uh, he says, ah, oh, Miss Crane, I thought we might like, you thought you might like to know that we, uh, we found the rascal who stole your car here. We found him, we found him parked in downtown Boston, just babbling like a lunatic. They brought him in, and I recognized your car right away. And I knew you were over here, so figured I'd drop it back. Oh, and then he, you. like, stops, and he looks at you, and that you're all covered in dust. And he's like, whoa, were you guys, you folks doing some, uh, doing some maintenance in here? Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Yes, the uh, realtor attempting to sell this place had informed us that uh, there might be something within that would suit our research into strange events in town. So uh, we investigated it, and it is uh, quite a mess in there. Quite a mess indeed. That being said, not much of uh, and and uh, my clothing dirty. And injured my shoulder. Yes, we should probably go and have that looked at. A bit of a nasty yeah. cut. Oh, and um, Officer O'Shaughnessy steps forward and he uh, he uh, puts his arm around you and he's oh come on, Miss Miss Crane, let's let's get you to the hospital. And I I I give the keys to whoever it was earlier who was so anxious to drive for me. All right. No, did cars have keys in them? I don't know, but I don't know either. I keep to look up that. Rules, so one of the or were they just cranked? Did you just crank and ask for Mabel? I don't know. But uh, so hmm. this concludes the haunting. You, uh, you received your uh, your payment from a delighted uh, Mister Knott and his company, who were finally able to uh, to list. The house. 
and to safely sell it. Yay! And um, so you all ended up with a uh, six dollars a piece. Hey. And, oh, by uh, the way, that five extra dollars that I was carrying in my handbag. Yep. And then a hundred, a hundred dollars to divide amongst yourself. Well, but no, I'm going to give that to Officer O'Shaughnessy for returning my car. A hundred? That's his job. Trying to bribe a police officer? <laughs> I will take my small portion of it and give it to the Police Benevolent Association on his, in his honor. Benevolent Association, yes. And thus concludes, thus concludes the haunting. All right. After that rat bite, I will wait two years for the invention of the tetanus shot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.